1: It's spring game season, and there are quite a few you need to have on your radar. It is Friday, March 31st. This is the College Football Daily. I'm Lance Glenn. Spring games are already here, and there are some major storylines to watch as they play out. A few days ago, 24-7 Sports put out a list of 10 end-of-camp showcases to watch. You can find the full article over at 247sports.com. And the man who laid them all out, Will Backus of the 24-7 Sports National News Desk, joins me now to discuss the list. Will, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and joining me. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having me. So let's first start with Colorado, because obviously you can make an argument. They made the biggest splash hire this off season. I know obviously Wisconsin got fickle, Nebraska got Rule, Auburn got Hugh freeze, but not many brought the buzz that Deion Sanders brought to Boulder. And he came and he said it in his first press conference that he was bringing his luggage Or he said in his first team meeting that he was bringing his luggage. It was Louie. And he certainly added to the roster in full force. One of the top transfer classes in the 2022 cycle, 2023 cycle, I should say, but now the spring game is here and there's going to be a lot of eyes on the Colorado program. I believe the spring game is on ESPN2. Well, it is on ESPN as well, not ESPN2, ESPN as well. So what are you looking forward to with this game, with Boulder, with all the new pieces? And of course, really Deion Sanders' first opportunity to show the Boulder faithful what this team is going to be all about?
0: Yeah, like you said, from an optics standpoint, there really weren't any better hires than Deion Sanders. He's already generated so much buzz for this program. You mentioned the game's going to be on ESPN's flagship station for a program like Colorado. That's unheard of. So Deion's impact is already there, but outside of just Deion Sanders and the spectacle that he brings, um, you mentioned the transfer class, they brought in 25 transfers. So it's a complete roster overhaul. So this will be fans chance to see a lot of these guys for the first time. And one of those guys is Shador Sanders. You know, he had a fantastic season at the FCS level last year. There were some people talking maybe he should get some Heisman's consideration through for almost 4,000 yards. Um, but how does that translate to the Power 5 level? There's always questions when a guy, no matter how talented they look, jumps from the FCS to the Power 5 because it's just a whole different animal. And then another one of those big transfers is obviously Travis Hunter, the number one transfer in 24-7 sports transfer rankings. How is Dion going to use him? Because he played both ways a little bit last year at Jackson State. He can play wide receiver and corner, and he's fantastic at both. But is is Dion going to give him that workload now that they're Power 5, or is he going to try to have him focus more on one position. But yeah, it just the transfers, seeing how they meld and getting the first look at those guys is definitely the big thing that fans would want to look out for there.
1: While Dion and Colorado certainly, you know, get most of the eyes on them, so many of these new programs, like I said, Nebraska and Wisconsin and Auburn, they all brought in so much, just as in previous years when Lincoln Riley took over at USC, he had a full roster overhaul. When Brian Kelly took over at LSU, he had a full roster overhaul. Uh, So all of these programs with new coaches are going to have an opportunity now to showcase this new talent they've brought in, whether that's through recruiting and early enrollees or through the transfer portal. And like we said with Colorado, Obviously, a ton of transfers coming in, really shaping that roster for this coming season. One of those teams I mentioned just now with another new coach is Nebraska and Matt Rule. And a lot of eyes on him on the recruiting front. Obviously, they're trying to get Dylan Rayola, the number one player in 2024, on board. But when it comes to the team this coming season, a lot of new pieces. New quarterback room. Casey Thompson's still there, but some additions as well. So, what are you looking forward to seeing from the Huskers as Matt Rule tries to bring them back to relevancy and competitiveness in the Big Ten? Something they really haven't had in a pretty long time.
0: I think the most interesting thing with Matt Rule is we have a pretty recent blueprint as to what a college program looks like with him at the helm. You know, he was at Baylor obviously for quite a few years until he left for the NFL. So, we know kind of how he wants to run a program. We know what he wants it to look like. But I'm also interested to see if there's any new wrinkles after that professional experience? You know, what does he bring kind of new to the table? Because you can learn some things from the NFL that you can apply in college. Maybe different ways to run a program. Um, you know, with NIL, kind of like free agency. Maybe he has a little interesting perspective on that. Just, just different ways. You know, just kind of to see how he's updated his time at Baylor. But yeah, I think Matt Rule was a pretty big hire for Nebraska because this is a program that got stagnant under coach Scott Frost and so to to bring in a guy like Matt Rule who has proven that he can take a program that's in a really bad spot and revive it and bring some energy back is huge for Nebraska and and seeing, you know, if he's updated his philosophy, seeing how that energy translates onto the field, definitely well worth watching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned with Rule, he is a master at rebuilding and reviving programs. Did it at Temple first, then went to Baylor and did it there. Didn't work out in the NFL, but you have to assume that with the experience he has in college and potentially stuff he learned in the NFL, he's going to be able to rebuild that Huskers program. There are obviously three programs that a lot of people have eyes on when it comes to quarterback battles. and. Those three teams happen to be probably the three fa- the three favorites to uh, win a national title in 2023, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Of course, Georgia, the defending two-time national champions, Ohio State, uh, came a field goal short of beating the Bulldogs in the college football playoff. And Alabama, shockingly for the first time in what seems like forever, missed out on the college football playoff last season. But they all need new quarterbacks. They need to replace Stetson Bennett, need to replace CJ Stroud, and need to replace Bryce Young. Which quarterback battles do you really have your eyes on of the three? Is there one that... Just kind of stands out to you? Or are you just kind of really interested in seeing, you know, how does Carson Beck play? How does Jalen Milrow play? How does Ty Simpson play? Are you focused on one? Or are you really just looking forward to seeing all of them?
0: Yeah, I think all three, you can obviously lump them together as quarterback battles, but I think all three are fairly unique. You take a program like Georgia, you're replacing a two-time national champion and Stetson Bennett. Is he a generational quarterback? Probably not. He's not a guy that's going to go first round in the NFL, but he was a great college quarterback who knew what he had to do and he knew how to win. And so you're bringing in a guy like Carson Beck, who was his direct backup last year, saw a little bit of playing time, but, you know, obviously sat the bench behind Stetson Bennett. And then you've got a pair of former blue chippers and Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton who are kind of looking to make an impression and they'll get their opportunities. So obviously big shoes to fill there. But then when you look at Ohio State and Alabama, that's when you start to talk about replacing those generational guys. You know, Ohio State's replacing a two-time Heisman finalist in C.J. Stroud. He could be the number one pick. I know the Carolina Panthers have a ton of interest in him. And then Alabama's replacing a former Heisman winner in Bryce Young, who won 23 games as Alabama's starter. If C.J. Stroud doesn't go number one overall, then it's going to be Bryce Young. And so... Obviously, from a pure talent perspective, there's a ton of pressure on guys like Kyle McCord at Ohio State, or even Devin Brown, or Tristan Jebbia, an, a transfer from Oregon State to step up. And then in Alabama, you've got a guy like Jalen Milrow, who played a little bit last year. He actually started against Texas A&M, uh, threw for 111 yards, You know, showed a little bit of work to be done as a passer, but he's got all the athleticism in the world. He's going against a former five-star in Ty Simpson, so you know with with georgia it's a, it's more of a who do you get from a winning standpoint and from alabama and ohio state it's how big is the talent drop off from the guys that they had and if there is a talent drop off can they cover that up with wide receiver
1: rooms, coaching, whatever that might be. One more that I want to discuss, let's talk about Clemson because it was kind of a transition for them this offseason, right? Obviously, DJ Uyanglele is now at Oregon State. The Cade Clubnick era is here, and we're so used to seeing Dabo Sweeney go after guys that are in his system, stay in-house with hires. Uh, but he fires Brandon Streeter and brings in Garrett Riley, who obviously was the hot coordinator name after helping to lead TCU's offense to being one of the best offenses in the country last season and ultimately, obviously, a national championship appearance in losing to Georgia. So Davos Sweeney doing something that he normally doesn't do, going outside of the Clemson footprint, essentially, to get a coordinator. And I'm really interested to see what Garrett Riley and this offense look like You know, in, in his first showing in this spring game and how Cade Klubnick looks too, because we saw some positives from Klubnick last year. We saw a couple of negatives too, which comes with, obviously, a freshman quarterback. But there's a lot of weight on this young five-star shoulders. And now with Garrett Riley, let's see if he can really untap him and help this Clemson offense get back to what it was with Trevor Lawrence under center.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's been a couple years in a row where we've said this is an interesting off season for Clemson, you know, because if you look at the past couple seasons with the context of the program Dabo Sweeney has built, some people would call them a disappointment, even though you're talking about nine, 10 win seasons where they're competing and winning ACC championships, they're still not making the playoff. And I think a big reason behind that is you look at Clemson since Trevor Lawrence left. Their offense has not been good. And Dabo Sweeney's turned to a bunch of his own guys to run the offense. And so there's a correlation between that, where you lose a generational quarterback, you stick with your own guys, and things just don't go well. So he made a pretty bold move for him this year, going outside of the program to bring in a hot young offensive coordinator in Garrett Riley, a guy who helped TCU make it to the national championship, a guy who tutored a Heisman finalist in Max Duggan. Clearly, he knows his quarterbacks. So Bringing in Riley is a huge move. I wouldn't call it a gamble just because Riley has a great resume, and I think it'll pay off. And then you you match Garrett Riley with a guy like Cade Klubnik, a former five-star quarterback who, yeah, at times last year flashed that five-star talent, but he was a freshman, so he had some freshman moments. But if you pair Garrett Riley with Cade Klubnik, I feel like that move's going to work out just because Riley knows quarterbacks. Klubnik has the talent and that spring game will be that first look at, you know, an entirely new offense that Clemson fans aren't used to. It's going to be a new philosophy. It's going to be just a completely new look. So, you know, people will want to see that. And then you're going to want to see what Cade Klubnick looks like in the system. You're going to want to see if he's taken any steps towards being a more consistent star, seeing if he can finally live up to that potential fully. And so all that creates a really interesting spring game for Clemson.
1: Yeah, it really does. It'll be interesting to see this sort of experiment by Dabo Sweeney. Again, even though Garrett Riley is a known commodity, a very hot commodity, and I think will one day be a head coach, if not next season, we don't see this very often, like we've been saying from Clemson going outside of their initial footprint, outside of their system to go make a hire. But Dabo Sweeney felt like he had to, he brings in Garrett Riley to run this offense with obviously a five-star quarterback, Cade Klubnick under center. Make sure to follow Will on Twitter and at Will underscore Backus one, and check out the full article over at 247sports.com. Will, thanks so much for coming on. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and make sure to head on over to the 247 Sports YouTube channel and click that subscribe button. So for Will Backus, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily, and have a good weekend.